Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. This month, it is Be Kind Month. Today, you are asked to follow a page dedicated to the LGBTQ plus community. So I guess that would be on social media, on Facebook or Instagram. Follow a page dedicated to the LGBTQ community, if you haven't already. So there's uh, some sound. And for the LGBT. Q plus community, are they to follow a straight page? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> just s- out of curiosity. They're supposed to follow milk toast Republicans. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, that's fair. <laughs> you're in it. We'll all learn about each other. You're Can't in that. be bad, can it? Uh, yes, you're in that group. And, and so they, you can follow them. And uh, Our guest is in that group, too. Believe you me, you will not be <laughs> harassed with uh, activities and information. What do you uh, think, Bobby? He's do. calling us milk toast Republicans. You buy that, Bob? Um, anything <laughs> but milk toast, Joe. Anything but milk toast. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah, how about that? All right. Well, welcome aboard. Uh, you can tell who our first guest of the morning is. It is Bob Buner. Uh, he's a former Montour County District Attorney. We know him now, even to this day, as a hearing officer in Columbia Montour Counties, and he's an educator of uh, municipal police officers, and he's taught college courses as it relates uh, to uh, prosecution and the law. Very, still an active community leader, was a scout leader for years. And he's our senior legal correspondent. <laughs> and and I might add, candidate for the Danville Area School Board. Oh, you're running this year. Well, good for you. Okay. All right. Well, why why do that? So you've been active in the community for your whole life, So and you decided well, that you'd do that. Well, number one, um, my great-great-uncle was superintendent of schools here in Danville, and my father was a 40-year educator and superintendent of schools in Danville. Got a wife as a teacher for 33 years. Uh, three daughters educated in the school system, and I'm pretty much uh, fed up with what's been going on in the local school district. And instead of complaining, I thought I might want to do something about it. I, I don't like people who just complain and don't do anything. Oh, well, then you're not going to like the rest of this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's what we do here, Bob. <laughs> that's my whole shtick for the next 90 minutes. But anyway, okay, yes. well, and, and let's not worry too much about uh, what you're fed up with. What would you change if elected? What would you change for the better in the Danville um, school system? Sure. Um, new leadership, new administrators, number one, number two, and secret meetings all these executive sessions that have gone on uh, for the last couple of years where decisions are made in back rooms and not out in the public. It's all cut and dry. Um, things like that, Mark, for starters. Um, I'd like to see more programs for the non-college prep students who are going to go out and, and uh, are looking for careers. They're not Bo-Tech students and they're not college prep students. And so we're 
it was that group of kids were kind of missing in the educational system. I like to target them. Uh, interesting comment from an individual who required uh, high school and college education to get his yep. degree and to, and to move on. But you're quite sensitive to any individual in the community, no matter what they wish to be or grow out and grow up to be. Sure. I think, Mark, like anything else, it's kind of, in one sense, easy to educate college prep kids. Um, you know, they're usually good intellect, they're usually motivated, etc. But what about that student who's in ninth, tenth grade and really doesn't want to go to college and doesn't want to become a plumber or a carpenter, but they're looking for a career maybe to get into a business, things like that. We seem to have missed that, that group of kids, and it's not an insignificant amount of students. Can we uh, can we switch gears for a minute? Absolutely. All right. You you are you are our political authority, uh, and we want to talk a little bit about what happened in Washington. I know we the uh, or the current president is saying now he's done talking about Donald Trump, but unfortunately, there are still some issues up in the air. There's talk now about possibly forming a 9/11 commission uh, to determine what happened. It would seem to me that we should have done that first before we filed impeachment charges against the president. But how do you view this entire situation. Where do you think it's going to go, Bob? I mean, I know you're an informed observer of this stuff, so I'd appreciate well, your opinion. Sure, Joe. Uh, and I think for everyone, it's, uh, impeachment was never about impeachment. The goal of the Democrats, I think, was uh, not so subtle. They had two things in mind. Number one, they wanted to damage Donald Trump with moderate voters who might be conservative leaning that way and they want to make sure that his character is as dark as they could possibly make it and secondly to cause division and fractures within the republican party and and, uh, it seems that they have been somewhat successful on both counts um listen for an impeachment to never even bother calling a witness you know uh, and to use on both sides, you know, selected editing of video. That's not evidence like we know evidence to be in a courtroom. It's, you know, it wouldn't pass the test of what's known as authenticity. So this was never an impeachment for impeachment's sake. It, it had other motives, and we'll see. What, and also about, uh, I think it's about the, the 2022 elections, when Democrats have very fragile majorities. <clears throat> They want to try and protect their own. That's the first goal of any political party. So you can have all the commissions you want. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think what the 9-11 commission did after 9-11. Did we follow their advice? Was it meaningful? You know, I don't think we can, if you ask the average person, well, what recommendations came out of the 9-11 commission? Well, the Patriot Act. Uh, Okay, well, how'd that work out? Well, that already well, we're been, not sure. That had already been passed by the time the commission was finished with their work, but many yeah. elements of the Patriot Act continue to this day, so I'm sure the 9-11 Commission helped to make sure that you know those were the right measures at the right time. Well, you mentioned that the, the Democrats were interested in fracturing the Republican Party and that it was successful. Well, how about this? Nobody fractures a political party without their permission. I mean, people are fractured within the party because they are a fractious group. They don't don't agree on a wide range of topics at the moment. They don't have a single direction. Your reaction Mark, to that? That is... has been the, the, the history of political parties for as long as I can remember and even more years beyond that. What happens is a, a 
party gets to become the majority party for usually a bunch of reasons, and then when they when they get the majority, they start go, falling into factions, and everybody's trying to slice up the pie they want it, and they can't agree, and they end up being the minority. We've seen that happen how many times since the year 2000 in Congress? Well, they said, and that, so it's very hard to keep a majority together. Well, they said on the, both sides. They said the Republicans would never survive Richard Nixon, and, and that he had <laughs> driven the party down into the ground, and obviously that didn't happen. Do you see the Republicans coming back stronger or weaker, or you know, how do you see the future playing out for the Republicans? Well, I, th- I think in one sense, Joe, it's a little too soon to tell. You know, the dust hasn't really settled from 2020 election, and there hasn't been, it seems to me, a lot of analysis of what went right, what went wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you think about the 2020 election, Republicans picked up one governorship and around 10 or 11 seats in the House of Representatives when at the top of the ticket they were winning. So... You know, it's not all doom and gloom for Democrats or Republicans. Each side, excuse me, can see what they want out of the 2020 election. I can already tell you what happened in 2020, that the uh, the Republicans ran up a a president who was a terrible candidate, and Democrats mobilized to make sure that he got beat. Republicans ran a wide range of uh, gubernatorial and congressional candidates who were strong candidates, and despite uh, high Democratic turnouts, were able to turn back those races or to keep them Republicans, whatever the the case may be. So Lawrence's worthless analysis is there. I was going to say, so you say, (laughs) on the other hand, Operative word no being Republican worthless. presidential candidate ever received more votes than Donald Trump. Right. 75 million. Right. He was the best. He's definitely the best loser in that race. There's no <laughs> argument there. Okay. So what about this? these onerous censures that Republicans are doing of the independent-minded senators that voted guilty? What's your view on those? Um, um, the senators who voted have, you know, wear big boy, big girl pants, and uh, they're being held accountable for better or for worse for their votes. We've we always hold people accountable or try to for their votes, Mark. And um, you know, people like Toomey, okay, fine, he's not running again, so big deal. Others, others like Romney in Michigan may have some problems. We've always done that. Just part of the give-and-take of politics. Is Donald Trump good or bad for the Republican Party at this point? Um, it's a really mixed bag. Uh, it's No candidate is all pure as the, the freshly fallen snow or as dark as the deepest hole in hell. It's just not that, that simple, Joe. Um, Donald Trump brought out record numbers of voters to the Republican Party. On the other hand, he brings with him his personality and the baggage that goes with that. But his message resonates with more than tens of millions of Americans. So, um, you know, people were always a mixed bag. Joe Biden is the same way. Do you think he cost the GOP the Senate by his performance at the end when uh, when there were two seats up for grabs down in uh, Georgia? Yeah, that's uh, that's the one thing I think we have to let some political scientists analyze the voting patterns <laughs> because you know on on election night in November, uh, Senator Purdue came within I think one tenth of one percent of clinching. Um, 
the seat. And yet, come the special election uh, in, in January, he fell short. Really, you know, what happened between uh, those two date, uh, those two elections, and why? Um, you know, if Georgia didn't have, have this odd rule about requiring a 50% vote plus one uh, to win uh, without a runoff, the Senate would be Republican 52 to 46 with two independents. I mean, just rules, um, you know, cause things to happen for a reason. All right. Can you wait through a break while we take uh, stay on schedule here mm-hmm. with this quick commercial break? Okay, because I want to sure. ask you about Ray Greekar, and uh, you're you're the best poster child for New Zealand they ever had. So we're going to get that, and we well, know you've been vaccinated. So we're going to ask you about that. So stand by, and that is uh, Bob Muner of Montour County. We're going to take a quickie break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about those topics. If you have a question for him, you can phone it in. We can't uh, match you up with Bob on the line, but we can put a question you might have for Bob Buhner, uh on uh, to him so he can answer that or you could email it to on the market wkok.com or text it to 70236 This winter has been brutal but at least I can still get around Whew, in my new all-wheel drive Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia Sunbury Motors Kia makes getting around easy with the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano. You'll love the new look inside and out. Sunbury Motors Kia has six in stock with 1.9% financing for up to 66 months. 2021 Kia Serrano's start at 31490 That's not the only all-wheel drive Sunbury Motors Kia has to help you get around. The 2021 Kia Sportage is ready for winter adventures and starts at 23464 And there's 23 to choose from. Also, check out the 2021 all-wheel drive Seltos and K5. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Let the adventure begin at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer over to Kia.com. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We're right in the middle of our conversation with Bob Buhner, former Montour County DA, educator, a board member at a couple of colleges and universities, and school board candidate in Danville. So when you see the name Buhner, you're going to cross file to get on the ballot, Bob? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, yesterday was the first day to start um, getting pet- signatures on petitions, and I've already got my... Um, Number required number on both the Democratic and Republican Party lines. Now, one of our good listeners send, sends you a note and says, tell Bob that it's interesting how when the Democrats commit a major gaffe or an error in judgment, it's a definitive error, and we can point it out right now. But if Republicans commit any mistakes, we need more political science or some more time under the water to figure out what went wrong. <laughs> So. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure what time under the water means. Well, he, yeah. he said we need to study what went wrong last year a little bit more. Well, I, no, the, the, I'm saying from the politi- a political scientist point of view, not partisan Republicans or Democrats, let's, uh, let the people that study politics um, do the analysis of what went right or wrong on both parties' sides. I, not, it's not a Democratic or Republican thing, and it's not mistakes. Gotcha. Um, at all. Okay. So I'm not sure where that comes from. 
But that's okay. You were recently on TV discussing the disappearance of your friend, the former district attorney of Center County. It's been quite a few years now. What's new? Anything? Um, well, there was a task force created about six years ago by the district attorney up there. Um, we have no idea what happened, but we do know that the investigation is now in the hands of the Pennsylvania State Police and not the local Belfont Police Department of all places. And um, that's where it should have been from day one. Um, I was interviewed a few years ago as part of that task force. I think it's clear after 16 years coming up on April 16th that, number one, Ray Greekar didn't just take off for uh, Tahiti and the sipping Mai Tais on the beach, that he he didn't do a, a bit of a walkabout, and secondly, that... He didn't commit suicide. So that only leaves foul play. And with foul play, there's two questions. Who did it and why? Any and answers? So everybody focused on, well, maybe he jumped in the River Bridge at Lewisburg, or maybe he ran away with somebody, et cetera, et cetera. I think those theories have all been um, shown to be very flawed. But for someone to be able to completely disappear, a well-known individual like Ray was, that would have taken, I would think, extensive planning. They would have had to have had some knowledge of the fact that he was going to be at the street of shops on that particular day. I mean, it doesn't seem to me like it was a crime of opportunity, does it? No. It was it had to be a planned crime. And the, and the puzzling thing from day one, for, for everybody that's really looked at this and who also knows Ray, is he took his laptop with him. Joe, I can tell you as a DA, my laptop which had lots of sensitive information on a whole variety of investigations and people, which is protected stuff. You can't, I can't, couldn't divulge it. You don't take your uh, laptop out of the office. You certainly don't take it on a quiet ride down Route 192 from Belfont to Lewisburg. So why was that laptop with him that day? That's, to me, the key to the case. And it tells me that... He did so for a specific reason that he was going to meet somebody. But yet there was no indication of who that might be, no record of or no paperwork that indicated he was going there for a given for a certain purpose. Right. That's a, that's that's very true because I think those secrets were uh, went down with the laptop. Well, now they found the hard drive away from the laptop, right? And they never were able to gain any get anything off of it as I recall. Now, I if you remember the space shuttle Columbia crashed over Texas, it was filled with computer hard drives, and the um, NASA sent what they dis- what made it through reentry, and they recovered to a place called Kroll Scientific in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and that company was able to obtain 95 percent of the information on those hard drives. So I suggested to the investigators immediately when a, that they when they found the hard drive that they should do something like that it took them a year and by that and when they did they actually couldn't find anything but they they dilly-dallied around with and now it's just an ex, an example of how this investigation didn't go there was no real coordination from the get-go and i think wh- no one believed that someone would take out a da why Why wasn't this taken seriously from the get-go? It, it seems to me as such a high-profile officer of the court, uh, you know, an attorney, and, and I, I, wired into the community. I can tell you, 
I can tell you with great specificity and all your listeners, there was a guy named Tom Corbett as Attorney General. Mr. Corbett was going to run for governor. We begged Mr. Corbett to take over the case. He's the only statewide officer that has jurisdiction to investigate crimes in any place in Pennsylvania. He refused. He stonewalled. He stalled. He got his supporters that were DAs to avoid this because when he was, he was going to run for governor and he didn't want this investigation to tie his um, chances up for uh, winning the governorship. So not exactly what I would call a profile in courage. Well, while there may not have been evidence that it crossed state lines, wouldn't the FBI get involved in something this uh, so notable a person disappearing, an, an officer of the court and law enforcement official? Well, they did. Um, they did some forensic accounting of Ray Ricard's finances for the three years prior to his disappearance. And what they were able to learn, Joe, from that was that in those three years he earned about $400,000 only source of income was his job as district attorney. They could not account for a grand total of fifteen thousand dollars over three years, or a hundred bucks a week. Okay, so uh, it wasn't on the take, supposedly. I mean, that, no. that is that the you know that's the uh, uh, the inference there. Okay, well, keep us up no, to no. date, Mark. The inference was that um, he didn't run. He didn't have a stash of money hidden so that if he walked away he could live high on the hog so to speak right. with all that money that he had squirreled away over the years of being a DA. Well as I recall his uh, girlfriend was named Fornicola. My memory Patty Fornicola. Oh, right. What, what you know did she have anything she could provide any information that she any did she even know he was taking the trip down the road? She knew that that morning but um, the thing about Patty was that Patty and the daughter of Ray Greekar were both given polygraph exams some months after his disappearance. And everybody thought that the question that would be asked was, did you have anything to do with his disappearance? And that was not the question. The critical question they asked both people was this. Has Ray Greekar contacted you since he disappeared? <laughs> well, and that... the answer they both said was no. And they were found to give uh, truthful answers to that. Well, why wouldn't they have asked the question that, that you've said first? That seems to me to be the standard question you would ask. No, because, no, um, Joe, uh, the daughter was living out in Seattle, Washington. She would have no part of his disappearance. Um, and same with Patty Fornicola. She was devastated by this. I met with her two weeks after Ray went missing, and uh, another DA and I took her to dinner to say, was there any health issues and, you know, were there problems that we were not out in the public domain that we would need to know in order to help find him? And she said, absolutely not. He was fine. Okay. Is it ever going to be solved? <clears throat> well, there are people who know what happened. Let's face that. And I have some good ideas. I've shared that with investigators. Um, and um, you, one can only hope that we get a you know, a disposition of this very tragic case so that the family of Ray and his friends and loved ones uh, can somehow rest a little bit knowing what happened. 
All right. Well, thank you. I know you'll keep us up to date, and this this pops up from time to time. And, of course, we'll, we have the 16th anniversary coming up, so yep. um, we'll be observing that. So thank you for all that information. Uh, what else is cooking, sir? We know you're a globetrotter, so do you have any trips planned? I know you love to well, go to New Zealand when you I, can. As soon as New Zealand opens up their country, I'd like to head back there see all my friends and my host family from being an exchange student 51 years ago. They have virtually no cases of the virus. They're living normal lives down there in uh, the land down under. And they tamp down outbreaks when they happen with uh, decisive contact tracing, as I recall. And they did have shutdowns earlier this year, but those are long since over. Um, No, they just had a shutdown this past weekend because they had three cases. I mean, they've had a grand total of about 2,000 cases in the last year. That's it. But a country like New Zealand can just shut everything down by closing the international airport in Auckland, which is what they've done. Okay. And... um, they're having a great time down there. Um, I, I speak uh, weekly or every month or monthly with most of my friends and family, and they're doing very well. They're having a very normal life, uh, going about their business as we would under normal times here. Right. So it's a beautiful country. People should go see it. I don't get any uh, residuals from the New Zealand tourist board to say that. <laughs> well, you haven't said you usually do just how stunningly gorgeous it is down there. Oh, so it we'll, is breathtaking. Yeah, we'll give you that opportunity. Well, thank you. Well, you can travel, too. You're fully vaccinated, so that gives you an opportunity. You're going to be busy on the school board, but you can take some time off. Or you certainly have the potential to be busy on the school board, so you have time to take off this summer. Uh, yep. Thank you, sir. Thanks for checking in. Always good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks, Bob. All right, Joe and Mark. Have a great day. You too, sir. Appreciate that. Bob Buner, uh, of course, Montour County District Attorney uh, for 20-some years. Educator. He's a trainer of municipal police officers. He's been training college level uh, law courses uh, over the decades as well. And uh, active in the community. School board candidate, as he surprised both Joe and I and mentioned. So that was good to hear from him. I did, When I invited him to call in today, I didn't even know he was going to say that. So I violated one of uh, Bob's rules. Always know at least a little bit about the answer before you ask a question. So, live and learn. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, Sunbury News headlines and open phones coming up. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me and most likely going to oppose everything I say in the next hour. Without a doubt. Uh, and uh, and I will do the same for him, and that will drive our discussion. Uh, we have some emails pending, about half a dozen emails here, and uh, we can read some of those on the radio, but we'd love your brand new calls. Call us now, one 800 795 on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Uh, we'll start out with the news headlines. A 
Bucknell University's COVID-19 outbreak continues. The university says they have 114 active cases on campus right now. And so far this semester, the university says they've had 177 new cases of coronavirus. As for vaccinations, Montour County has 3,100 people who've been vaccinated so far. Northumberland County, about 10,000. Snyder County, about 3,400. And Union County, about 4,100 individuals. And both Geisinger and Evan are continuing to do vaccinations at Evangelical Community Hospital. Uh, They are not worried about the state's new guidelines for providers uh, because they were already in compliance. When we got the criteria, we looked at everything and we were doing exactly what they asked. I mean, we're not hoarding vaccine. I think that there have been individuals who received it and were keeping it tucked away and sort of stockpiling it to some degree. And they can track that. They don't want that. They want you to get it out as soon as you get it. They just want to know that they're shipping it out and it's getting out to the public. That is Kendra Alker, president and CEO of Evangelical Community Hospital, saying uh, that they have vaccinated about 5,000 people so far. Geisinger is making adjustments to some COVID-19 vaccine appointments due to the winter weather slowing the shipment of the vaccine to Geisinger. They announced Tuesday that uh, they are adjusting some first-dose appointments uh, for uh, today and second-dose appointments that were set for Friday. Uh, Some will be rescheduled to Sunday, February 28th, and others will be uh, Sunday, February 21st. So individuals affected by this will be notified of that change in the schedule. And I was. And uh, you were. Okay, so you you said you were going to Geisinger Friday for your We were going Friday. Now we're going this coming Sunday, Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. Okay. And uh, finally, in the most caustic sign yet of deepening GOP divisions, former President Donald Trump blistered Mitch McConnell as a political hack Tuesday, days after the Senate's top Republican denounced Trump as the official inciter of the U.S. Capitol attack. Quote, the Republican Party can never again be respected or strong with political leaders like Senator Mitch McConnell at the helm. Trump said in a statement released by his political action committee, he said Mitch McConnell is a dour, sullen, and unsmiling political hack. And with him at the helm, we will never win again. No, I'm just great. That's you. I love <laughs> your party. Gluing yourselves hey, back together yes, so nicely. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Well, you know, I, I, you hate to see that, but you know, that's that's President Trump. Uh, he is. Uh, that's his nature to be He's pretty counterpunching again. But right. you know, it's. I don't think it's going to do us any good as a party to have that kind of. <laughs> no, thing I happen. don't think so. All right, we got one caller waiting and another one coming in. Uh, let's go to the line, Allie, Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Hello. Hello, yes, you're on. Yep, you're on. Okay. Um, the Ray Sandusky thing? Ray, um, uh, Ray Gregar. Ray Gregar. Ray Gregar. Yeah, Gregar. Wasn't he involved in the Penn State um, Jerry Sandusky stuff? Early on, he was one of the investigators who uh, was involved in some of the investigations. And he actually early declined on. to prosecute, didn't he? One individual. Yeah. Well, one investigation didn't lead to a prosecution under his helm. Yeah, way, way at the beginning, yep. Do you think that would have had. Did anybody check into that? Would that have anything to do with it? Well, yes, that was investigated. You know investigated. what I mean? Like in the background, I know that this is. How do you just disappear for 16 years? I mean, that's literally impossible. Unless you're dead, when I think that must be what has well, happened. Well, that's true. That's true. 
Well, I think w- what happened when the initial investigation was in a super active phase, they looked at every case he ever had, including some of the initial contacts that were involved in the Penn State case, including some uh, cases that involved you know, some other uh, gang-type uh, bad actors in and around Center County, and, and incidental cases. You know, Was it a revenge killing? Somebody who was prosecuted or investigated by the DA uh, decided that they would uh, seek revenge, you know, either while an investigation was underway or after they'd been sentenced or after they'd been released from jail or, you know, so that kind of thing was at least talked about. But as uh, Bob Buner pointed out, it was never exhaustively investigated. You know, I, I think people in Center County can say, well, it's been fairly thoroughly investigated, you know, and, and I think that, you know, that's a, that's an okay statement. But when you have a district attorney who's your one of your prosecutors, part of the statewide court system really uh, disappears it should be exhaustively investigated, and as you heard, it never was. Exactly. I right. agree. Thank you so much, and Ellie. Oops, Bob Buno is a very, very good attorney, so I have a lot of... I think that if he's got his stuff together, he's going to push it, and good for him. Kudos. Right. Keep, yeah. thank keep you. it going. All right. Thank yeah. you so Bye. much. Appreciate that. Yeah, Bob's not somebody to let something drop. Then we are enjoying an open phones today. We talked about Ray Greekar earlier. We got the impeachment, the rebukes of Senator Toomey, and uh, other topics pending later. I think you call that canceling Toomey, isn't it? <laughs> well, he he's not running again, so it's hard to cancel somebody who's not running. But he's still an active and eager uh, lawmaker, still very uh, hardworking and interested in uh, going out of his Senate term with a lot of activity. It's a shame these Republicans rebuke him because he's an independent, fair-minded, free-thinking person. We're not finding out what Than called about. <laughs> well, oh, it's I okay. I, I didn't call about that, but <laughs> I think that's a very interesting topic. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Republicans call it, uh, what is it called, uh, canceling, Cancel and we culture. Democrats call it censoring, and both of them end up being the same thing. If you don't think like me, I'm going to tell everybody, and I'm going to put a big A or a P or something else on your forehead. A big that C. Is, that is not the politics that I know we should have in this country. And I know it goes on both sides. What I called about was more Ray Gricard, because we heard, and I might have missed it, that a barrel of human remains was dug up in a swamp someplace in in uh, Montandon, and that was probably Ray. Well, I've never heard anything about that again. Have you? Never heard it in the first place. A uh, barrel of human remains you'd think would be big news. I remember well, it the... was. Uh, it was, I thought. I, I don't know. I was just wondering if that uh, was that rumor, gossip, or real. Yeah, I, I think it I was rumor. Saying. I don't think that ever got any legs as it related to the uh, Ray Greekar case. I know that was part of the expanded, the Sunbury-based uh, wide expansion of Barbara the, Miller. Yes, the Barbara Miller disappearance case. So that we're, we've never even heard about never that. Been, it was yeah, all a big made, deal, and nothing ever came out of it. Never been well, able yeah, to. Yeah, to, that was uh, that apparently got into the cold case file again, which is. Too bad. I know on television they solved those things, but I think maybe, <laughs> as somebody asked uh, Bob, is it solvable? And the answer is, eh, maybe. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, anyway, what I basically call to say, to go back to that subject, is I, I just think it's despicable when uh, political parties split up so much that if somebody thinks for themselves, uh, they get censured. That is that that just seems like grade school. Well, you have to be like a lemming. You have to think exactly the same way, do things exactly as they say. You have to love Trump, and you have to, oh, but you're, you have you're to fight as though the election was stolen. You you're, have to maintain that the election was stolen. And if you don't do that, you, you're out. Listen, parties have always punished their recalcitrant members. Look at what happened during the Civil Rights Movement. You know, there were a lot of congressmen who were tempted to be more liberal who wound up in big trouble with their home districts because the home district didn't support it. I, you know, and so it's, a, it's not an uncommon thing. Is it a good thing? I agree with you, Than. It's not a good thing. If we can't have people who think and speak their mind, what good is this freedom we all enjoy? Well, I was against it uh, in the civil rights era, even though sometimes it was the other side being censured. It was ridiculous. Uh, people have their own opinions and be, should be allowed to have them without fear of reprisal except politically, and that's when you go to the vote, voting box and either vote for them or not. And you've got to have the truth. Uh, final comment, then I'll hang up and go away. Yeah. Uh, do, do you really think that Donald Trump, a absolute first place second place and fourth place loser uh, can come back politically and if he can what does that say about the republican party what's it say about the country look at dick nixon he was considered down and out you won't have nixon to kick around anymore and he winds up being elected president twice oh yeah what does that so does true. that say something about I, the republicans I'm not saying, look trump surprised me and so did most of the Trump followers, that they would put up with his anti-Christian. Uh, I mean, he only decided to be a uh, 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 anti-abortion after he found out that was the way to be popular. This is not a man who honestly says what he thinks. He says what he thinks people want to hear. Hardly so makes him unique him. among hardly makes him unique among politicians, Than. Oh no, no. I I, I totally agree with you on that. And <laughs> uh, yeah, wait a minute. I'd say and I'd hope you'd agree, he was pretty unusual for a politician. I don't think he was a politician and there is no way that he was a conservative. Well, I think he is a conservative, but I I don't think he's a politician. No, I, I I don't see the conservatism. I see kind of a oh, nearly fascist sort of a let's get everybody together and overturn the government on the night we decide the final vote kind of guy. <laughs> well, that's the way I would expect you to see it. That's not the way I see it, however. And you, how do you see it then? How would you explain that stuff? Explain what stuff? Oh, the fact that, that he's he a, he's not would a politician. Not accept even the courts threw out everything he no, brought we, we were talking about him being a conservative. That's what I was talking about. I believe yeah, he has. Yeah, but that's not conservative. That's a liar. 
Conservatives aren't liars. I know a lot of you conservatives, and most I know some of liberal you are pretty liars honest. Too. I know. Wrong but honest. <laughs> I know liberal liars, too. I mean, the liars come on all sizes, shapes, and political persuasions. Absolutely, but I don't think anybody could have kept up with Trump if well, they had four writers. Take, you know, is he an ideal human being? Absolutely not. We're, we've discussed that I understand. before. I understand you feel that way. The fact that you still don't call it an insurrection, honestly, not you, the party doesn't. They call it similar to what happened when black people were protesting that police killed one of their brothers or sisters and you so you make that the equivalency i see an insurrection as being a major problem in this country i'm glad there's a, a commission to study it aren't you oh i think there should be but i mean you know fiery political rhetoric has been around in this country for a long time take for example our good friend chuck schumer i want to tell you gorsuch i want to tell you kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions <laughs> did, did anybody die was there a uh, insurrection and there were words no that but we're talking about nobody would say but but nobody takes it seriously. Well, that was Somebody the point. Somebody took Trump very seriously. Or right, how about the Bernie Sanders supporter who went oh, after Steve Scalise because well, of the what about because yeah. the Democrats? The wait Trump a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Because the we Democrats, about, the right, Democrats said the Republican health care plan was to kill many Americans. So that's why he went after them. He believed, you know, the <laughs> Senator Sanders said that the, the Republican health care plan was going to kill people. Is that so the he best you got, Joe? Come on. Well, the, Thank you, know, you all, these Thanks are all terrible incidents. Thank you. Thank Thanks, Dan. Take care, buddy. I'll, I'll, Appreciate I'll talk that. to you later. Thank you. Take Appreciate care, Than. All right. Quickie break. Eric standing by. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. We invite you to do what I have done, and that's crawl inside a Ford F-150 from the Sunbury Motor Company. Kyle Alexander brought one up yesterday for us to talk about. It is an F-150. It's a 2021. Uh, it is only 48000 it is, let's see, uh, it has a 145-inch wheelbase. Okay, skip all that. It has a 2.7 145-inch wheelbase? I yeah. don't think so. 145? Oh, 145 inches. Okay, back. front to yeah. back. Okay. Yeah, so. I was uh, thinking side to side. It's probably about <laughs> 190 inches from front to back uh, overall. Uh, 2.7 liter V6 EcoBoost motor. It's the kind that has the stop start technology that turns it off at the intersection. And unlike uh, Joe's vehicle, he doesn't like that. The button is right in plain sight. If you don't want it to shut off at the intersection, you hit the button right. It says. Well, mine is too. It's defeated. Right in plain okay, <laughs> good. Uh, it has an, a uh, the three. 60 co-pilot assist. Uh, this is gives you a picture of your vehicle and a 360 view all the time so you can find out where the vehicles are around you. Of course, it has the uh, safety stopping technology to make sure that it doesn't uh, run into anything, even if you try to make it do it. Uh, $48,000 Ford F-150 still only has that 5.5-foot bed. <laughs> 
I told Kyle, I need a six-and-a-half-foot bed or we're not having any more negotiations. Uh, so he's going to try to bring one back. It also has the most practical... How about if they get some two-by-fours and extend this one out a little That's bit? That's what he said. <laughs> uh, this is rapid red color, so it is just a gorgeous uh, vehicle. And it has the most practical thing I've ever seen on the tailgate. It has a ruler built in, so you just lay your fish down on the tailgate and you can measure your fish right on the uh, uh, tailgate and then you can exaggerate from there. But uh, it, of course, it has my power sliding rear Don't window. Do you think it might have been designed for somebody in the construction business who might need to measure something <laughs> other than a fish? fish? <laughs> it is possible. Okay. All right, so that's the Ford F-150. Uh, it is a gorgeous vehicle, and uh, I just think it's... If I had a fine truck like that, I wouldn't be throwing a fish on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, my truck works, okay? My truck has a fish smell in, in the bed. All right, $48,000. I knew there was something fishy about you. All right, so that is uh, just a perfect vehicle. We'll talk more about this this week, and I'll talk about that 360 assist that lets you, gives you a drone's eye view of your vehicle all the time, so you know uh, where the cars are near you. So we'll be talking more about that uh, later this week. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK. One caller waiting and another one coming in. 1 800 795 9565 is our telephone number. We'll be right back. This winter has been brutal, but at least I can still get around. In my new all-wheel drive Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia makes getting around easy with the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano. You'll love the new look inside and out. Sunbury Motors Kia has six in stock with 1.9% financing for up to 66 months. 2021 Kia Serrano's start at 31490 That's not the only all-wheel drive Sunbury Motors Kia has to help you get around. The 2021 Kia Sportage is ready for winter adventures and starts at 23464 And there's 23 to choose from. Also, check out the 2021 all-wheel drive Seltos and K5. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Let the adventure begin at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Half the people who wait on the line anymore wait 10 minutes or more. So that's we'll just try and speed this thing up. All right, we're moving along. Eric, you're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I did enjoy the interview with uh, former district former district attorney Buner. Uh, he must be one very brave Republican uh, coming out as he did against former Republican Governor Corbett. Uh, Joe, aren't you concerned that as he's going for election to the school board, he's going to face censure from the from the Mon- uh, Montour County Republican Party? Not that, for me, that's isn't funny. I've known Bob for a long time. He's a good man. You can't censure Bob Buehner. He anyway. has cross-piled for the Democrats, so I think he, he's a good standing. And of course, my tongue is firmly in my cheek as far as Mr. Buehner is concerned. I, all in the case I have, he's, a, he's a, a good guy. But, I mean... Broadly, the, the Republican Party is fractured, and it seems to be fractured as long as you have uh, these people continue to swallow all the Trump Kool-Aid, and and the local or the state-level Republicans uh, trying to censure the senators who have the courage to actually vote their mind or to listen to evidence. Uh, as long as you you know have that, why would uh, why would anyone who is thinking about joining into the political process has to register? Why would anyone register as a Republican? 
Well, you know, people have always been upset about people in their party doing things they don't like. It's not an unnatural occurrence. You know, you're making it sound like this is unique to Republicans now. It's not. When when was the last time uh, a Democrat was censured for for having to to break ranks and vote vote against what the party says he should do? Well, you just look back in history and you Google that, and you'll see some instances. No, okay, I, I I'm, I'm listening. Democrats favor uh, independent, smart, wise thinking <laughs> and don't censure their party members if they're not like a lemming and they step out of line and they vote their conscience or vote for the U.S. Constitution or the people of the country instead of just they the GOP. Huh? <laughs> okay. That's my opinion. All right, Eric, what else? Uh, I was just thinking, um, as I'm thinking back on that case we were talking about this morning, wasn't there some evidence that he did commit suicide? That he that that he had had just thrown himself into the river there and no, and we never found his body. They they considered that, but the river there isn't that deep. <laughs> to be honest with you, they found they found his hard drive there. I don't think that would, uh, you know, don't think that would happen. It's not outside the realm of absolutely positively all possibilities. But the and I don't know the man. I don't mean to disparage his, you know, but I'm just saying I thought that was, remember back on the case, that was one of the theories or that uh, he purposely threw the laptop in there and then went somewhere else and something else happened to him. And that was the uh, laptop being there so far away from his home district was just like a, a red herring to lead somebody off the scent to where he actually may have been, uh, had, you know, you know, had his demise. I don't know. But uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. And uh, there was a story, if you want to Google it, I just Googled one. A Miami Beach Latino Democrat as representative censured by his own party for spreading COVID misinformation. A Latino Beach... A <laughs> Lat- I'm sorry, a Miami Beach Latino Democrat. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it was a city, a city councilman? No, no. I think it was a representative. It said representative. Oh, a, a state... Re- oh, State representative, so but it wasn't like oh, let's see, six or seven. Uh, I just googled uh, one. I, senators. I, there, there was a whole. There's a, a list of stories there. I just read the first one I came to. You said name one. I named one. Okay, well, thank you for doing the research. My concern is uh, a concern for the Republican Party because I respect the Republican Party. Uh, I, we need the Republican Party. We need checks and balances. I've said that time and again. Our our system is based upon checks and balances. We need at least two strong political parties put checks and balances in place, but then to have people cross the aisle, and now anyone who happens to vote against what the party line is, even in the case of this this horrendous uh, action being taken, now immediately being censored, you know, it's it just ludicrous. I think it, it really is a, a bad reflection on the Republican Party, and then throw in to what your quasi-same leader, Mr. Trump, said against your, uh, the, uh... Mitch McConnell. The, uh, person you know, in the Senate, in the, uh, the minority leader of the Senate. Uh, you got a fractured party there, sir. <laughs> well, was, and I think uh, the the Westmoreland County resolution that's kind of been widely circulated just simply says that, you know, he's not being a good Republican. And the But the one from Chester County says that he's failed to support the Stop the Steal effort, that he's basically accepted that the election wasn't stolen and that... Uh, Which makes j- him j- a reasonable person. Well, right, but in Chester County... <laughs> the Republican Party, that if you're not going to support Stop the Steal, I mean, the, ver- the 
the first whereas of the Chester County one is uh, whereas President Donald John Trump won, rightfully won the election in the U.S., and whereas Senator Toomey has not supported the effort to overturn the election in favor of the actual winner. Well, I mean, let's face it, the definitive thing here was the My Pillow guy in his documentary <laughs> yeah, telling that, us that, it was that, stolen. That, so That fixed it. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for calling in. Always glad to Take hear care, from Eric. you. Chris, you are next up on On the Mark. We've got another caller coming in, too. Go ahead, Chris. Go right ahead. Uh, well, uh, first of all, your uh, DA there. Did he say something about putting on your big boy pants to the Republicans? Was that about the people who wouldn't vote? in support of Trump? No, no, it wasn't. I think he was saying or that... Or was the, it the other way around? He I was saying, figure I'm, out what he meant by that. I'm trying to explain it to you. If I understood what Bob was saying correctly, he was saying that these people should be able to take the criticism that comes with their actions. Well, I, I, that didn't seem quite appropriate to the uh, remark, though, because the, the, they are. They aren't whining about it. Well, that was his point. But he was telling them to put their big boy pants No, he on. was saying they ha- they wear big boy pants. That's what. If oh, you go they back- wear big boy pants. Right. They're capable of taking the heat. Okay. That's better than what I, how I interpreted it for a So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> All right. Now, the insulin thing you talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. It turns out that... Uh, Trump didn't do anything to lower the price of insulin, actually. What? Yes. He, had, he uh, sounded executive order, and, the, and uh, I think that might have been in 2019 or something. And they did study on it, and they did this, and they did that, and they came up with a plan. And then they said they were going to make it effective January 23rd or 22nd of uh, this year. And then they changed it to make it voluntary this January 22nd and make it law, make it effective, mandatory in the in January 22nd of 22. So he has not done anything that there was no, there was no, uh, there was nothing in effect that was mandatory, and the voluntary part, I don't know when he did it, when he first uh, signed it. I think it was probably before it even took effect, though. Well, you're missing the the point. In in July 2020, President Trump signed four executive orders aimed at reining in prescription drug costs. One required that federally qualified health centers, which purchase insulin and epinephrine through what's called the 340B drug program, pass along any savings they receive from discounted drug prices to medically underserved patients. The rule blocks health centers from receiving future federal grants unless they charge patients no more than their acquisition price for insulin and EpiPens. Yes, and they were already doing that. Well, then why would he sign an executive order? This is an article from USA Today that gives him credit for it. 
Yeah, because it, it sounds good, I guess, but the the centers were already doing that. The, the thing that... Uh, Doesn't say that in the article from USA Today, and they have no reason to like Trump. Well, look up any of the fact checks on that. Uh, this is a fact, this fact is checks. a fact check. I looked check. up three of them. They all agreed with the same thing I'm saying now. This is a fact check. That's the whole point of the article. Fact check on President Trump. From what date? The claim. President Joe Biden is reversing an executive order to put in, pl- put in place by Donald Trump to reduce patient costs for insulin and epinephrine. It is a fact check. And it okay, gives President I'll Trump... I'll your fact check, but I read three fact checks yesterday that were the exact opposite. And I remember the news article on that, and the, 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 the centers were upset because they always pass on their savings to their customers. So they were saying, well, it's making, it's making us look bad by, by phrasing it that way. Okay. Because we weren't the ones doing it in the first place. I remember that article when it came out. But there was one due to go in effect that, that actually ordered the companies to supply it at, at cost or forced a reduction in it. And that was due to be effective January 23rd in a voluntary way and be effective completely uh, mandatory uh, the following year. Well, that could be. I'm looking. I'm going scrolling through the rest of the story. I don't see that. But, I mean, maybe uh, maybe they didn't report the whole thing. I'm just telling no, you what I, I read, so I'm, you know, you may be I right. I think maybe those were separate uh, orders about the insulin prices. Well, but I can send you some links if you want. That's okay. I mean, I, you know, let's say there's a, as with everything political, there's debate. But what do you what do you think about the McConnell and Portman type Republican that uh, claimed that oh he was so guilty, but we can't convict him? Well, I agree with that. I don't think he could convict him under the current. They, I don't believe it was constitutional to convict him because, in my opinion, the Constitution says that impeachment is to remove a sitting office holder. He was not a sitting yeah, office so, holder. And so instead, if, but it was McConnell who delayed the, the taking the impeachment. Well, I agree with Mitch McConnell. And I agree so that then he, can, he, he doesn't take it, so he he won't even consider it until uh, he keeps the Senate adjourned until Trump is out of office. But there was no investigation, Chris. There was no investigation. Now they're talking about conducting the investigation and and appointing the panel. Where I come from, you investigate first, and then you file charges if appropriate. You don't file the charges and then investigate. But they both said they were absolutely convinced he was guilty by the presentation. Okay, well, that's their opinion. Then they're entitled to it. <laughs> so you're disagreeing with McConnell and Portman. I'm not saying and you didn't I'm, think I, he was guilty of anything no, that was uh, yeah, you're, you're, from the presentation. You're, I'm not going to say you're missing my point, but you're distorting my opinion. <laughs> I am saying. <laughs> I am okay, saying. What is your opinion? And I distort. I'm it. saying that they they didn't. I don't think impeachment was proper here. Do I think he was bear some responsibility oh, for so what you're, happened? You're hey, you asked me a you question. Know, you won't let me. Really you ask me a question, but you won't let me answer. I believe President Trump bears some responsibility for what happened. I think it should be determined by a court of law. He's now a private citizen. I agree with Mitch McConnell. He is responsible or can be held accountable for everything he did as president. If there are, in fact, criminal charges to be brought, let an investigation be held. Let those charges be filed and let him answer for them in court. But impeachment? No. He was gone. So that's my opinion. Okay, go ahead and finish, In other words... In other words, we can't say we can't do anything about him 
to fix it because we're just helpless senators who have no control over the impeachment when they have total control over impeachment. The Democrats overreached. They should have gone for censure and for an investigation and first. Censure is a slap on the wrist. And if they, had, if they had conducted the investigation first, they might have come to the conclusion that the appropriate charge would have been dereliction of duty. But they didn't well, conduct they, the investigation. They included failing to... Uh, At the last minute, they included it, tried to fail, include it. <laughs> well, it was pretty clear he failed to protect the, the, defend the United States. So did Nancy Pelosi. She's the one in charge with making sure the Capitol's no, secure. No, no, now you're making that up. No, I'm not. She's responsible no, for are. that. Yes, you are. She doesn't control the National Guard. No, but she. Uh, they were offered, and they declined. She declined. She declined. She's totally in charge of it. No, they the National Guard. <laughs> I understood. Who's in charge of sending the National Guard anyplace? President Trump. I understand. Re- requested ten thousand National Guard troops for that day. That's what I was told. Now I haven't I seen don't that story. I think that's accurate. And that yeah. they didn't I want think them. Somebody the, requested. Did the it, mayor? I don't think it was the president. Did the mayor reject it? Yes, she did. Did uh, Nancy the Pelosi not reject in control it? Control of it either. But oh, come on, Chris, you're just trying to have it both ways, and and it's not. You, no Democrat ever did anything wrong in your world. Chris, uh, Governor Cuomo is just a paragon of no, virtue. No, as long as you're trying to deflect the president's blame. I'm from not. I'm saying that, the pre- yes. I'm saying the president was guilty of of something. I'm not certain that impeachment was the proper venue, and you're trying to say because of that I don't believe he should face any consequences. And that's not what I'm saying. That's not what Mitch McConnell was saying. Uh, no, he, he was saying the opposite. But he was say, he was he, he was the one who stopped the the impeachment from starting while he was still president from the the trial from oh, right. when it was still president because he didn't and believe he whines about oh I have to clear him because of this technicality because there because there was no you refused to hear the truth Chris you refused <laughs> to hear the truth there was no investigation thank you Chris we got to move we on. investigate and then we charge there is as much investigation as needed by to to tell what happened. No, come on. All right. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, read the upper right-hand corner, then we take the, the break. Eric, if the Republicans are so fractured as you claim, how was it on Monday that 887,000 lined the streets to greet Mr. Trump on his way home from a gold game? A golf that, game. Oh, golf game. Okay. Okay. Gold sounds better. That is the official number counted by the West Palm Beach authorities. Signed, Dennis. Well, I think he probably still has, what, 30 million supporters. So that would be a tiny More fraction. More than that, he had 70, what, 75 70 million, million voted for him, but I'm sure some have fallen away, and the Republican Party is slowly getting uh, ir- righted. So, but I'm sure he still has about 30 million cult type followers to whom he is the uh, the second coming and and if you say anything against him you get like they treated to me you, you get uh, you get charged with blasphemy that that's what these censure motions are you're being charged with blasphemy because you've gone against the Trump steal stop the steel cult well i think that they they need to rethink what they're doing in these places that are censuring people like pat Toomey and you know if we can't if we can't think for ourselves in this party maybe we should rethink the party and it's time for a new Republican Party. I'll join it, too, if they'll well, have you me. you wouldn't be welcome. Right. I was just going to say, that would be the last tent they'd want me in. All right, Bob, As stand someone by. said the other day, it's a big tent, but do you really want a rabid raccoon under it? Oh, dear. All right, we'll be right back. You know, we've got to do something about Google. 
<laughs> yeah, we searched what was the size of the crowd of ardent supporters that met President Trump after his recent golf game, and we ended up with 20,000 protesters were at the White House giving him the middle finger after he lost the election. Right. Every time you Google something politically about Trump, you don't get what you ask for. You get uh, the opposite side of what you ask <laughs> if for it has to do with the if president. it's negative about Trump. That's what you get. Bob, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Oh, good morning. I just like to ask Eric if, if you ever heard of a guy. I, mean, I know he was down on the ranks, but uh, Joe Lieberman. Yeah, Joe yes, Lieberman, of course. Right. Yeah, we have a poster of him here on the wall, signed by Joe when he was at Susquehanna University. <laughs> he wasn't censored by the Democrats, was he? No, he was just kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're a more tolerant loop, a group. Yeah, they yeah. just toss them out the door. Well, and I think it is certainly if the Republicans, the Republicans are like a, a club. You know, if I joined a club and they said, you know, Mark, our, our goal is to promote goodwill and you're a terrible person, so we're kicking you out. That is their prerogative. So, And Republicans, same thing. If they want to censure him, it just seems to me that to, to pick out somebody who's an independent free thinker and has pretty decent conservative ideals uh, and but doesn't support the Stop the Steal movement, censure seems unnecessary. But, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's their club. They it's can not, do whatever they want. It's not a club. You don't have to apply for membership in a you have to apply for membership in a club to become a Republican. I'm just you go to your county an courthouse and you Joe. say I'm a Republican. You're making my point exactly. <laughs> go ahead, Bob. That's not none of that stuff is why you called. <laughs> yeah, I just wondered. I mean, is, is that all you have, Joe, when when, when you uh, accuse a, a Bernie supporter of shooting a bunch of congressmen? I mean, that's that's pretty petty. <laughs> it was quite serious at the time. Yeah, I, I asked Steve Scalise. I don't think he thought it was petty. <laughs> oh, but, but, uh, but that's the best you got. Right. Well, how you know, there are all sorts of instances of political violence and rhetoric that led to violence. There's no shortage of that in this country and in our history. What did we used to have duels in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, a guy named Alexander Hamilton didn't make out too well with one. <laughs> didn't you see Hamilton? Come on, Lawrence. All right. Anyway, Bob, give you the last word, Joe, Bob. Joe, when, when you're talking to Chris, I, I brought this up before, but uh, talking to Chris is just like debating an old drunk at 2 o'clock in the morning in a bar. <laughs> Which one of us is the drunk? <laughs> well, that's for you to decide. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks the call. a lot. Call One again. Of our listeners takes me to task and says, You run President Trump down and you say we're following a cult. What do you think about sniff and blow costing jobs on the pipeline and gas costs rising every day? Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? I don't know. Why do gas prices go up? Do gas prices go up because of stuff that President Well, they said, you Biden know, did? you environmentalists should be concerned about Texas because part of the problem there is that uh, 3 million people are without power. Businesses are without power. Texas has its own grid. They have a high dependency on okay. wind and solar, none of which are working during this. And, of course, the apologists are all on there saying, oh, it's a failure of the administration to really support the grid over the years. They ignore the fact that, the, the you know, the 
the environmentalists pushed for all this wind and solar, and now during these kind of conditions, it isn't working. Oh, but brother. to be to Joe, be Joe, fair, Joe. To how be many f- power plants are offline in Texas? To be fair, to be fair, I will be fair about this. Nothing in Texas is designed to meet the kind of weather requirements that we're facing okay. today. So maybe it doesn't have anything to do with wind and I'm solar. I'm saying, well, oh, they, gosh, they're frozen Joe. up. <laughs> oh, brother! How they many covered with ice? How many fossil fuel power plants are offline because of the weather down there? None that I know of. Right. It's wires, Joe. Come on. <laughs> move them. If that's the uh, best. You can't admit I, that I, there's. I, I agree with Bob. If that's the best you got, Joe, you're backed into a corner. Just keep flailing. You're like the raccoon under the tent. Why, the raccoon. Uh, why would President Trump request National Guard if he wanted uprise? Says one of our good listeners. Oh, right. Another listener says, I'm not getting the second shot because of no, fear. No, no, you missed it. No. Nope. Not getting the second oh, shot oh, because of fear of the side effects is unwarranted. You just okay. changed the whole meaning of that. I know. My husband got it a week ago and had some chills and a mild fever for a day. Next day he was fine. Small price to pay for protection against this virus, and I agree with you. All right, we have another letter from a guy named Doug. Go ahead, Joe, and then Doug we'll says, take the break. What worries me about the vaccine is the way that the media and others are saying that it's our hope for the future. Are you kidding me? If you're putting your hope in a stinking vaccine, then I pity you. If you want to get it, fine, but if you have concerns and don't want to, that should be fine as well. You mentioned this morning about a 50-some-year-old healthy man who died from COVID. That's called an outlier, and it happened with healthy people who get the flu as well. I had COVID a few weeks ago, and it was very, very mild, thanks to, I believe, taking vitamin D and C supplements and building my immune system. I never get the flu vaccine either and don't know that I ever had the flu. The COVID vaccine is not our savior. Signed, Doug. All right, we got caller standing by. We'll be right back. This winter has been brutal, but at least I can still get around. In my new all-wheel drive Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia makes getting around easy with the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano. You'll love the new look inside and out. Sunbury Motors Kia has six in stock with 1.9% financing for up to 66 months. 2021 Kia Serrano's start at 31490 That's not the only all-wheel drive Sunbury Motors Kia has to help you get around. The 2021 Kia Sportage is ready for winter adventures and starts at 23464 And there's 23 to choose from. Also, check out the 2021 all-wheel drive Seltos and K5. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Let the adventure begin at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Yeah, right. nobody said anything bad. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we got callers all set. We're going to go to Dennis first, and you get two minutes, and then the next caller gets two minutes. All right, good morning. Good morning. I find it fascinating that in the last hour, everyone discussed Trump and argued about Trump and Republicans, not to mention of Biden. And last night he did his town hall, which I watched most of it. And interesting, the man... I don't want to say fumble for his words, but he was searching his mind for words, and when he couldn't find them, Anderson Cooper politely filled in the blanks for him. <laughs> I'm like, what? I could see them doing that for Trump. Everybody, when Trump came out, it was like a gotcha. Everything was a gotcha. 
Okay, okay. They, I mean, they were ready to pounce on him for everything. And then Biden said last night that he didn't have a vaccine when he came in the office. And then he corrected that and said, well, well there was no plan to distribute it. And then somebody asked him a question. He says, well, he says, I can't do nothing about the distribution. That's up to the states. Right. So he contradicts everything that he was arguing about. Even within, the, pro- even within the program, he started out by saying when he gave, became president, the cupboard was bare. There were no vaccines. Then later on, he admitted he had like a half a million doses. Yeah. So. Including yeah. the and two he, that uh, he had received. Yeah. And one of his comments, he says, I like children a lot more than I like adults. I'm like... Can you imagine Trump saying that? I mean, Did you especially see him, with uh, the pictures of him sniffing children's hair and kissing them all the time. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So your low. callers all called in about Trump who's gone and nothing about Biden. I was surprised so was, to hear today that there wasn't people didn't make hay about the fact that he talked to a black woman who was in the crowd, and she knew he knew she was associated with health care. So he said she's a nurse, and he knows nurses, and um, that uh, you know nurses are great saviors, and, you know, if Lawrence Nightingale types, and then the woman says, "Okay, well, my name is Doctor So and So. She's a yeah. doctor. She's not a nurse. He just too. assumes she's a black woman. She must be a nurse. She must be that black woman that stocked the grocery shelves well, while he was in this basement. But of course, you, from the media, you, you hear nothing. You can get a doctor of nursing too. I mean, she could have been up in an instructor level as a doctor of nursing. There is such a thing. So okay, well, All right. name it. thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. I think she was a medical doctor, uh, right? Lance. Uh, she was a physician. That's what she talked about. But anyway, Lance, go right ahead. Okay. Well, you know, um, I'm one of those Trump cultists, and uh, they used to refer to us as uh, patriotic flag-waving Americans. Uh, that's us, the cult. And uh, anyway, when you talk about the uh, Democratic Party, I remember our governor, Bob Casey Sr., well, at the convention, the Democratic convention, they wouldn't even allow him to speak because he was a pro-lifer. You try being a pro-life gun owner and be in the Democratic Party. They pulled the Second Amendment plank in 2016. It's no longer there. So that's just a couple things to really uh, think about. And uh, Trump came to his ideas about abortion apparently the same way I did on, through Ben Carson. And he actually uh, showed him a video of a for-real abortion, and uh, it turned him around. Well, actually, he, he knew it was before, but he came out against it. And also, don't forget, he is the only president ever to speak at the pro-life rally. The only one. Everybody proffered that they were, you know, pro-life, but nobody ever actually came out and said it on the stage that he did so I uh, really... So he appeared in person? Yes, President Trump did. Good. Absolutely. All right, we got you, Lance. You have probably lots more to say about that. We'll have to put it on the schedule for tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Oh, you bet. Okay, bye. Appreciate that, Lance, our good caller from Herndon, PA. Well, thank you, everybody. We have five great emails left, uh, one of which has been there since Friday, but it's still fabulous, so we'll still get to it. Uh, maybe Joe and I will read those right off the bat tomorrow when we get to them and before we take calls. But we will have another session of open phones. This is WKOK Sunbury.